This is Coda Radio, episode 267 for July 27th, 2017. And welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. Why me? Thanks for asking. My name is Chris, and joining me every damn week when I manage to show up, why yes, it's our host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike! Hello, Chris, and damn for the manners to show up. I feel like that's a dig, gotta be honest. <laughs> you know, last week was a good week for me, because I, I was able to, I, get, I got really reflective about my technology, it was good. Like, the driving really is a good time to process all things really? technology in your brain that have been rattling around. So, big thank you to Wes for filling in for me last week. Really, Yes, really as good. always, Wes, thank you for carrying me through the show, much like uh, Frank Sinatra carried Dean Martin. Very good. Are, are, you, are you implying you're already in the bag? Is that what you're implying right there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not. Today, I actually had a, this is not a joke, a friend in crisis. Can I tell you about my friend real oh, fast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, a little, little behind the scenes. We started a little, a little late today. Yeah, we started a little late. His name is Sean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's having a rough he week. Rec- oh. He's having a Nancy Pelosi of a week. Ooh. Oh, I mean, bitch of a week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> um, remember, still a Republican. Man, you know, I, I really, I'm going to, uh, you know, not to talk politics, but I'm really going to miss Spicy. That was just, that was a lot of fun. And uh, so what I did is I went ahead and wrote him a letter and said, uh, you know, if you want to come and sit third seat on Coda Radio for a little while, uh, you're more than welcome. Well, we were just at the bar. Oh. It's a little place in Plant City called O'Brien's because <laughs> when you're on the lamb, Plant City, Florida, that's where you go. I would imagine, that's, obviously, yeah. Really. And uh, first of all, if you understand what being on the lamb is, you are definitely from the Northeast United States. Are you, I'm uh, so sorry. Have you noticed? Uh, so this is why you've been so Twitter quiet. Like I, I, I was, you know, I haven't seen much from you on Twitter this week, and I figured you were either eaten by an alligator or hanging out with Spicy Sean. I knew it was one of the two. Well, so Sean's got a problem, um, and that problem is, you know what? He's a little afraid, and who Actually, hasn't? If you just give him a good bush to hide behind, he's solid. You know what? He recently discovered that bushes are not, in fact, bulletproof. <laughs> so, you know, Sean, and this is what I told him at lunch. Sean, my man, my spicy, my spice meister kettle. You can still be a hero here. You can be a – yeah, okay. I like that. I am a fellow Republican. This yeah. is not like Ezra Klein or, you know, John Lovett is telling you that. No, no. I am a solid, twice voted for McCain, then voted for Romney kind of guy. You, gotta, you had to bring up McCain. I, poor McCain. But let's just uh, focus on one thing that. at a time. Yeah. E- easy there, Kami. Um, I am on Sean's side. And, Did you, you know, when you're the White House press secretary and you feel the need to hide from reporters in a bush – Something's not probably not a good going in the right direction. Right? I, I wrote him in my letter when I wrote him. I suggested uh, that he join a boot camp, a coding boot camp. 
Well, I hear that's a fledgling business right now, and so uh, oh, it's so good. Maybe I mean, we'll get to that a little bit. But, sports, yeah, yeah, we got a good show. We got we got some e- we got some listener emails. We got some uh, we got some uh, thoughtful commentary by Mister Dominic, of course. And we just throw that in there as a side. And then yeah, we do have uh, kind of an interesting trend developing. Maybe it's not a trend, but something's happening with those boot camps that we've talked so fondly about in the backgrounds in the past. So, anyways, good show today. Glad to be back. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, I missed you. Yeah, well, I, I imagine. I mean, I know that Wes, he comes in with his sweet talking, talking about text editors, and next thing you know, everybody loves him. You know, Wes reminds me of my prom date. Uh, his name was also Wes, and <laughs> it was... I did things that night. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, okay, so Nick's email. Yeah, so Nick writes in, and he says, uh, Hey, guys, I've been a big fan for a number of years, and I trust your advice. Here's the situation. I've been working for a company for a little over a year. I started as an intern in the summer between my junior and senior years. After the internship, I worked part-time for an enti- uh, for an entirety of my senior year. Now that I've graduated with a CS degree, I'm working full-time as a software developer. That's all fine and dandy, but the tricky part comes from what I've been working on. I'm part of a penetra- penetration testing team working with guys with various security certs, I write custom security tools and malware to support this team. I work in languages ranging from C, C++, to Python, even up to PowerShell. Later this year, I'm being sent to training to earn a GPEN, which is a penetration testing cert. My question is, is there any value for a developer to have a hybrid specialization in development and security or other specialty for that matter? I fear that because I'm not working in the hipster web dev world, like with my Node.js's and the Django's and etc., that I may be... Uh, that I might not be as highly prized by recruiters and companies. Let me know what you guys think. Love the show as, as always, Nick. Well, Hang I have on, thoughts. Chris. I have thoughts. Yeah. Right. Who first? Well, I. Uh, I think you should let go. you go first because okay, really? I, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, I, mean I, I need to look through my prism for a few minutes so first if, before uh, I get an If I'm yeah. honest, with you, there are there are moments where I think to myself, I probably should have stayed in the security penetration testing field. It is a money bonanza right now. There is got to be no better talents to be building right now than people that could that could specialize in development and security. People that have a deep understanding of security and how to penetrate networks are going to make for some of the best developers that are writing tools to to do this stuff and to prevent this stuff. Uh, I mean, it. Nick, you also you also sound maybe uh, like uh, kind of young, since you said you graduated kind of recently. So I'd say if you're anywhere in the in your 20s or early 30s, this is a huge opportunity. You're not going to get typecasted. This, I mean, god damn, dude. Like even if you just did this for a year or two, this is this is going to be so good for your career. And honestly, this is where some of the seriously challenging, really interesting projects are at. Really good stuff. So I, for me, I I know it, it it's not scratching your want to be creating code every single day itch and uh Maybe there's other ways to to scratch that itch, like open source software development or something. But geez, looking back on my career, the number one track that I probably should have gone down, I I, I transitioned to just general contracting because I wanted to be my own boss, and so then I just did more IT stuff. But for a short period of time, like a two year stretch, I was paid by a bank to do penetration testing, and that later informed a lot of my contracting work that I did. Like, it just, even when I was no longer a penetration tester, it was such useful background for me to pull from in so many different discussions and planning sessions. 
it, I, it's more than just the cert. It is, it's way more than the cert. In fact, the cert is the least important thing about all of this. It's so much more about the conversations that you'll be able to understand and have, the insights you'll be able to have, yep. and the value it's going to add to you as a developer. So in my estimation, this could be a huge positive deviation as long as you're on board with the actual work. Yeah, so let me just jump in here. Uh, Chris, I agree with you 100%. But let me tell you a parable mm. about a guy, let's call him let's call him Paul. Okay. Paul is younger than Chris, but not that much younger. And sort of got into the mobile thing early. And one day Paul was pulled aside to do some infosec work. And Paul likes to take risks by like opening new companies and new projects and new products and things like that. If Paul ever like runs out of money, this is where Paul goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, this theoretical developer named Paul, who often glares into his prism for truth, can tell you that InfoSec, CyberSec, whatever stupid name yeah. Forbes wants to call it, yeah. is never going away. In fact, it is possibly going to be bigger than the general tech industry in yeah. about five years. Yeah, I could totally see that. Like, think about like how how many agencies and companies have so much money to make off of this. It's going to be this huge middle management-like layer lacquered on top of the technology industry. Well, it doesn't even need to be so dramatic, right? It doesn't need to be like the man who knew too much. It could just be, you know what? Lawyers would love to have you doing cybersec for yep. them because... Doctors, offices. Hey, divorce. I mean, it's sleazy, but divorce lawyers... You know what? Hacking someone's email to find out that they're having an affair, that would change the tide in most states. Um, not New Jersey, funny enough. But I think that there's nothing wrong with what you're doing unless you're deeply unhappy. So, Nick, go forward and let us know which direction you take. Also, Nick, please leave my emails alone. Do not publish them. <laughs> so, Andrew- what Chris and I have is private. Oh, sorry. Andrew writes in uh, with some perspectives on the Gopal. Uh, I just listened to Quota Radio 265, and I said, you know, you want to you you want to exercise, but I just it just doesn't seem to be in the cards right now. What? Oh, is he talking about me? Oh, he's talking about me. Oh, he's talking about me and RSI. But I just want to say that uh, depending on your where you're, well, I thought this was something about the GPL. Did I am I reading the wrong one? Am I like so noob now that I'm reading the wrong one? Wait, wait a Maybe minute. I'm reading I Logan's. I think someone did the. Oh, the, was there a, are, was there a paste disaster? No, I got it here. I got it. I got no, it. it is it is you. Yeah, it's because I'm new. It's the first time I've ever done this, Mike. Give you me know what? This is your virgin voyage. Hey, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. oh, goddamn. Sean's got me all messed up. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so here is an explanation for the GPL. No flames intended. He says, "Hi guys, I'm running a little behind, but your recent thoughts on the GPL could have been interpreted by those as slightly one-sided." Uh, I wanted to chime in on some. Well, I thought I get it. I thought I gave a good defense. Anyways, he said I wanted to chime in on some rational thoughts for why the GPL is great from a purely capitalist perspective. In some cases, <laughs> hang on. Let me let me sharpen my sickle with my hammer. Let's, he says he says that he started to contribute to a, fall, a few small GPL projects, which attract around five to fifteen individual contributors. I don't want to list them because I just you know he doesn't want to have to name names and all that. But uh, we don't have any donation page or any means to donate funds um, monetarily. And I doubt we would consider a relicense any under realistic conditions. The re, uh, so he's got some projects he's totally fine with that. Uh, but he says, I think there's a general misconception that because money is the most valuable thing to us, being the company, that it's the most valuable thing to these projects. Hmm. The code is the currency. That might help frame the conversation in a way that makes more sense to a capitalist jar jar bastard. Love the show. 
even the vitriol, <laughs> your friendly Go Java C Sharp on Linux and PHP developer Andrew. So that's a, that's a, so. What if you switch the monetary exchange from money to code? Now, do you see the GPL as being useful? So I feel like one, it's mostly me, right? And two, that's not the argument I'm making. I'm just. My basic argument is if you have a GPL library or framework out there and someone wants to pay you money to license it, right? Um, I understand that you'd have to pay every contributor and maybe that's not reasonable. This is actually, the, this is, if you think about it, this is a different conversation because you were It's a different argument than the one I was making, I think. I mean, and the reality too is, right, most open source projects are not the Linux kernel. They have like three contributors and it's actually really easy to split like $30,000 between three people, right? Like... That's not too hard. Um, I, I, I get it. Like I want this to be true. Like I do not mean to be flippant or like a jerk. I think you're right, but you're also wrong in a very, very practical way. And that that is not how the world works. Mm-hmm. Companies see the letters GPL and they say, "K, thanks, bye." And that's it, right? You like know, that's... just sort of uh, tangentially related, the Mycroft project just relicensed to Ooh. Apache. They still owe me a fucking box, by the way. <laughs> Ryan, what the fuck? Where's my box? No, they emailed you, and you needed to pay them another $250. And then right, you they get... want more money. I was like, yeah. fuck you. I know. That's... <laughs> I paid you. I know. Time. I paid you. Give me my. I know that's how I didn't. I didn't pay it either. I, and uh, I'm not. I. I don't feel like I missed out on much. I don't think I give a crap anymore because you know I have it on thirty that there's a much more powerful bot coming out. Oh, uh, oh, oh, really? Hmm. So I just listened to now going back to the email that I accidentally started reading. Sorry about that, uh, Logan. So Logan writes, I just listened to Coda Radio two sixty five and talking about my RSI and said I don't really have time to exercise. He says, I just wanted to say, depending on when your RSI or originates, that it may be the only solution. I struggled with constant RSI for over a year, trying all kinds of positions, peripherals to relieve it. But my pain was originating in my shoulders and my upper arms, and the only thing that finally worked was physical therapy. If it fits into your life, I highly recommend finding a good physical therapist to diagnose where your pain originates from and what you can do to strengthen those areas. But at least I'd recommend getting started on some upper body exercise. Although, you know what's interesting about this? So mine is in my wrist, my right wrist the most. I find when I use that for heavy lifting, it actually, I can go from a day where I have no RSI pain to where if I've been lifting or twisting a lot and using a lot of strength work with that wrist, it actually makes it significantly worse. So it's definitely, you got to be careful. We've also received uh, quite a few suggestions on peripherals, like a vertical mouse and whatnot that people say changed their life. (laughs) I think one person telegrammed me, I can't remember which medium it was, and said, if if you want to buy one and and it doesn't work for you, I'll buy it off of you because they work that well. They work for me. So they're definitely wow. – it's been better. It's been a lot better. I switched to I, – I didn't get a vertical mouse just because the one I looked at was like 300 freaking dollars or something. It was really expensive, but it seems to be the one most people recommended. Uh, but I did switch to a touchpad just for a bit. You know, I got I have a Magic Trackpad floating around here, like one of the Apple Magic Trackpads, and it's just a Bluetooth y- y- device. You are a devoted Mac user, yes. And I hooked that up. And uh, it's it's better. It's still, like, towards the end of the day, starts to ache a little bit. So I, it's not a fix. But I'm, I'm working on it. It's gotten better. So you know what I've been doing? Hmm. Do I you, have do been you suffer from every... any of this? Any RSI? Uh, oh, yeah. I used to have horrible RSI in my wrists and fingers. And oh, my God. And you're biking now. <laughs> and I'm biking every day. But the the – so I did two things. Years ago, I got rid of all those stupid Apple flat keyboards. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm using right now I have my DOS keyboard brown because of the show, but I'm, I've been using the code keyboard, which is a same idea, but blue switches instead of brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I I've been biking every day for the last week. Damn, a girl. Really? Yeah, baby. I'm hoping in a in by the end of the or at least the second week of August, I could get up to a mile a day. Now, that's not a lot, right? Like I can do a half mile in about four and a half minutes now. According to this app I'm using from Under Armour, don't ask, it's just free. Um, or it was 10 bucks for a year. But the, the point is, you're, so I used to think this is all bullshit when people would say it, that like your physical state actually affects your... Oh, no, 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 it right? definitely is true. No, it's so true. Your mind like, works better, your focus is better, your thought, you're clear, your head's clear. Like You're more, right. Yeah. There's I things mean, I'm doing, I'm, there's things like, I'm fasting, I'm actually fasting right now, I'm like, 15 hours into a fast and i just got done with a 48 hour fast and then it broke it and ate and now i'm fasting again i tell you what it's like having two cups of coffee i i wake up earlier i have way more energy i am way yeah. my mind is way more focused it's great and then i uh and then i do that for a little bit and then i get so i get like the bulk of my morning work done which is really focus heavy intensive work where it requires like a lot of responding to communications and lining stuff up and planning for shows and and researching that i do all that bulk work in the morning mm-hmm. Uh, while I, I sort of like in the sweet spot, it makes a big difference for me, mental clarity wise. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Do we want to go into this? The whole like physical? Maybe we should. Well, I don't I, know. I think so. Here's why I think it's relevant to the show is okay. I have found that the and I am at a point in my business where my output is limited by my energy levels and my my ability to push the throttle, which I, I already push it down pretty hard as it is, but I, there's just a few more things I want to get done, and I feel like if I could just push that throttle down a little harder, then I could accomplish more. And what I've come up against is the best way to achieve that is to live healthier. And if I start living and eating healthier, then I have more energy and I have more stamina and I have more focus and I get more work done. And so... Yeah, I think it is relevant. I think it is really relevant because it's it's a way yeah. to hack yourself to get more work done. So, all right. So, yeah. Play, yeah, hit, yeah let's pause. dive in. Hit pause. Let's do this. I think this is perfect. First, let's mention a, 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 an old sponsor returning to the show, Linux Academy. My boys! Oh, sorry. Linux Academy is back on the show. Go to linuxacademy.com slash coders to sign up and support the show and say thank you to them for sponsoring us, linuxacademy.com slash coders. This is an advanced platform that gives you the training tools to increase your skill set, your knowledge, critical thinking. It's the entire spectrum of Linux, a full-featured training library with everything you need to learn new skills and advance your career, from like the low-level, basic, beginning stuff in Linux, all the way up the stack, all the way up to things like Azure, AWS, OpenStack. It's the spectrum, because this is what they do. This is their singular purpose linuxacademy.com slash coders. And because of that, they have full-time human instructors that are there to help you with your questions and give you advice. They have a course schedule that matches the right content with your availability. If you want to go get some of those certifications we were talking about earlier, they have courses created specifically for that. I can tell you as a father of three and a business owner, you can make time for Linux Academy. They have self-paced, in-depth video courses on every Linux cloud and DevOps topic. They have downloadable, comprehensive lesson audio, study guides, study guides, stuff you can take with you offline, and iOS and Android apps, apps to help you study while you're on the go. And that community is packed full of Jupyter Broadcasting members. It's a really simple way to learn stuff because you log in, you get a dashboard, and you get an overview of how long it's... So say you want to go learn Ruby, you know? 
You don't need to go to a boot camp. You go log into Linux Academy. It'll say, okay, you know what, Chris? It's going to take you seven hours to learn Ruby. Now it's not this nebulous concept that I don't understand. Learning all of the ins and outs of Ruby. It's, I'm going to spend seven hours doing this. I'll plug into Linux Academy how much time I have, and I can just drive it myself. It's it's perfect for somebody like me and probably you too. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. That's the URL you got to go to to support the show and then sign up for a free seven-day trial. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Thanks, Linux Academy, for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Yeah, let me just jump in with an extended ad. These are very rare. Um, I ha- actually ended up using Linux Academy <laughs> because I was asked by a client who has an enterprise AWS account to do something. And I did not know how to do it. So I signed up I j- just to learn this one thing. And I have had an account for probably six months now. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is very valuable in that way. And it's one of those things where it's, it's pretty easy to justify spending money on your education, too. If, if you well, can. it's not that much money, either. I mean, I yeah. just pop in when I need yeah. something. And, I'm and it's nice, because with a seven-day free trial, you can dig around, see if it's for you. Yeah, see what you need. So this, uh, this, I've been thinking about this in terms of body hacks. In fact, I have gone, I've, I'm really serious about this, so much so that uh, uh, I, am, I am tracking right now just to see if these stupid, crazy things I'm trying are making any actual difference. So right now, I'm tracking my heart rate all day long. I track my sleep and my heart rate and my respiration all night long. I track my weight every single day. Um, I track uh, what I eat, what I consume. I track how long I fast. I track how much water I'm drinking. I'm only doing this for a short period of time, for like maybe a month. Um, there's a couple other metrics that I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, of course, steps, exercise, that kind of stuff that you get like from just your watch. And all of it is going in, get ready, into health kit. Ah, oh, you are doing so well. See, I here's my thought on this: is if if all this is going into Google Fit, there's no way in hell I'd be putting my weight and my heart rate and my sleep in there. I just don't want. I don't. That's want Google. a fair point. Then you start getting Twinkie ads. And... Yeah, but but now because it's going in Health Kit, I'm feeling pretty confident that it's not leaving that phone, and so I feel like it's just for me. It's literally data that isn't isn't being analyzed, isn't being aggregated, isn't being anonymized. It's just. It's just my data. It's just my data on my phone. Like, it feels amazing to have all this stuff, and only I get access to it. Like, what a privilege. And so I'm, I, I'm using it to track all this stuff, to, 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 to see, like, trend lines, and when, all, when things line up, to see, like, okay, this is how I felt, and I'm keeping notes in there. Like, I'm, I'm really going into this because I really want to get more things done than I'm currently getting done. I want more stuff going out the door than it's going out the door right now. And it's it simply just come down to my energy level, and it's, it's really made a big difference. So, long-time Coda Radio listeners will know that in 2015, I took a heart attack, right? Yeah. Um, and I was born with heart disease, so that's a good time. So, I've been trying to... <laughs> yeah, the best. <laughs> really work this shit out, right? Like, really find a... Because you know what? I'm not going to slow down. It's just not going to happen. And I have been measuring many of the same things. Heart rate, weight, blood pressure, all that kind of fun stuff. And... What I have found, Chris, is that there is some very intuitive, simple hacks. First of all, deep fried food is like the worst thing you could possibly have. In my in my own findings, I don't know if you agreed or don't. Oh agree, yeah, sure, but, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was a, I was a big fan for a long time. Oh yeah, now it's I'm my favorite. It it's my favorite yeah. kind of food. But you know what the problem is here? There's always more work to do. Mm. And you know what? 
I this is the Coda Radio promise. Are you ready? I'm going to die with my head on a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> oh yeah, you you're gonna program until you die, dev till you, you know die. What? Well, it's not even that. Honestly, I've actually started a new diet. I've started cycling. And the reasons are kind of vain. Like I went to a meeting uh, a couple weeks ago when I just got down to Florida and I happened to see myself in the mirror and I realized no wonder no one's buying for me right now in these in, in Florida. This polo shirt is pulling. I'm fat. Like I'm too fat. I either have to buy new clothes or I have to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like I had just gotten fat. I mean, between moving, oh yeah, and shit. stress. I, I tell you, and one stress. of the things that's right. one of the things that's happened to me as I, I can tell I gain weight when I get stressed out now, which didn't used to be a thing when I was younger. Right, like I, I made a, you know, you know the thing where you like flex your muscle on your arm. There were still some, but I was flabby, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like we need to get back to, you know what? I need to be a programmer. I need to be like somewhat in shape. So that's what I'm doing. There is I a mean, sales it, aspect to it. There really is. Well, you know what? It's sad, but you can actually look this up. There were, are a bunch of papers where people are more likely to buy from a physically fit person than an obese person. And you can even be slightly overweight, but like obese, it, it is the – I swear to God, Google it. It's true. There is some sort of psychological trigger uh, where people trust you more if you're in shape. They think you're responsible or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I think what I read was that people in the back make conclusions about your self-control and things like that. Right, right. So, Which is not fair. But Well, if it's a beer belly, I mean, I, I have been loving the highlight down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like eating... Uh, I th- feel like when you're really busy, you're working on a project... Uh, there's just so many things you're thinking about and stressing out about that you just don't well, stress, have the luxury of food being one of them. Right. So you just have well, to stress eat. hormones generate more fat. Like that's what they do, especially if because you're on your, deadline. Well, it's not only that your body. I mean, if you, I have done a ton of reading on this, and I encourage all of our because uh, I feel like our listeners are like at our age or in between, right? Like right between us or or closer to you or closer to me, that they're starting to realize you're not 20 anymore. And you can't like metabolize, you know, twelve ribs like it's nothing. You oh, just okay. you just can't do it. <laughs> that was the best. I did that. Yeah. I never thought I'd yeah. be. I also, I've also heard older. And we're not that old, but I've heard people that are older than me say these kinds of things and be like, ah, whatever. I'll worry about that when no, I get there. All right. Let me put it this way: When I started this show with you, I never had this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I would say the same for and, me too. And and, and, the, and we've been doing this a long time. In the intervening time, I've become a father. I've become yep. older. And you know what? Yeah. I just can't. You know, I just can't drink six beers and have like a dozen hot wings and be okay. Like, yeah. And the thing is, is I've got more work than ever too. Oh, and that's the funny. The more experience you get in this industry, the more the busier you are, and the more money you make. Uh, you know, I was making a joke about the infosec stuff, but it's true, right? If my businesses went under, I would still be able to find work. Yeah, it's just. It, it, it's a question of self-care. So did, what did and, it take? So was it, it was that visual realization. What, what did it see for me? It was shit. I'm not getting these goals done and I'm the only person to blame. Like I can't, there's nobody else that's responsible for me not getting this stuff done except for, I just am not working enough, which I don't want to do forever, but I do want to be able to do for periods of time when I need to. And so for me, that was the hard wall I came up to and said, I got to make, I got to make a damn change and I got to figure it out because this plus my, my wrist and RSI start is all kind of came together at once. Um, and so what was it, was it the visual thing? Was it like people like, was it, was it just a feeling you were getting at an event? Like 
what was the hard wall that you hit that you're like, all right, well, now I got to start not enjoying things the way I typically enjoy them and start living well, a little differently? I think there's a couple things. I mean, one, I mean, obviously with a heart condition, if you're, if you're overweight, you feel that a lot, a lot more than you might otherwise. Right. So like I, I would get tired more than I used to kind of thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, a, a much more secondary thing would be, you know what? I don't like looking like Dr. Robotnik from the old Sonic games. I don't like looking super fat because mm-hmm. I don't, not that I'm like, like there's, I have no problem with heavy people. Like I was heavy as a kid and I got in shape and now I'm not in shape. But I do think there is a business case for being in shape because I, I don't know. I don't know why, but there there is there is an aspect to it, and there's also just general stamina, right? If I'm in shape, you know what? That 14 hour day, yep, doesn't hurt as much, right? Exactly. And you're moving your parts. That's, there's something else to it too about being stagnant so much that uh, right. uh, sometimes I've been, I'll be sitting down and I'll be editing for like two, three hours, and then I stand up and my legs feel like they're almost dead. Like, oh my god. My leg, like you gotta, well, move, and, gotta move that body. And let, yeah, and let me say something like non-PC, right? Like I, I got married and then I gained fifty pounds. Well, that's not awesome, right? <laughs> like, it's not really that a nice is thing. that is I think very typical. Like, yeah, I understand, but it one my clothes don't fit, and I don't want to spend like a thousand dollars in buying new clothes. Two, it's not really to me. That's not right. I just kind of let myself go. Yeah. And I think it, 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 it's just time. Right? I would feel better about myself. I would physically be stronger. And I think by physically being stronger, I would be smarter, faster, and more efficient. Yeah, that's how I felt. It's like a Windows 95, Windows 98 kind of situation. Yeah, yeah or 98 SC. Yeah. You know, you're, uh, it's a little more streamlined, a little more leaner, meaner. Exactly. And, uh, you know, hopefully when I go to Linux Fest Northwest one of these years, I'll be able to turn all those heads. <laughs> in the meantime, Here's looking though, at you, Finkry Kai. In the meantime, though, you've been spending some time in Pallet Town. I have been training my pokey folk. <laughs> that is a that's a Game Boy. That's what that's from, isn't it? I've seen that. You've used that one before. It's the that is the freaking Pokemon on Game Boy screenshot. That's the original Pokemon Red and Blue. I am dating myself with this, but, but uh, you know, Coda Radio listeners know that when it comes to classes in JavaScript. Uh, Mike's got some feelings, most of them which are pretty negative. So what's changed? You know what? I will not win this war. That's, <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I really, really, re- really didn't want classical inheritance to be a common thing in JavaScript. I have spoken on it on this show. I've spoken on it on message boards under different names. I've scripted several other names to speak. Oh, John. <laughs> I've done never, lots never. of stuff that would be pretty negative. And at the end of the day, the winning argument that finally brought me over was this is a market decision. It is uh, the wrong technical decision, but it is a market decision. Good for you. Once, and once ES6 came out and put it officially as a standard, there was no more debate. Like, the argument was over. Now, I don't want to get into the technical argument why I think it's bad, because, first of all, listen to Coda Radio episode, it's like episode 12, and we're at like 267, and I much more elo- we're much less eloquently make the argument, because I sucked at podcasting at the time. <laughs> no. But, 
the point is I've lost, right? Like my side didn't win. Everybody either moved on to something else, like close your script. Hi, Wes. How are you doing? Or, or, or not. Right. So I had an interesting situation. I've been working on a large, 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 large JavaScript code base for a secret project. Hashtag ask Alice. Um, and it, it came about that I might need a hand. And wouldn't you know, Chris, that all these kids out of school and you know community college and boot camp and junior college don't know a damn thing about JavaScript. Like, what? they think they do, but they are sadly yeah, fucking yeah. mistaken. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they know the school versions. of, of yeah, They've got that down. <laughs> oh. So, so what, really what you're left with is garbage. I mean, I'm sorry. Um is they kind of know how to do some things. Most of it basically is classical inheritance. ES6 adds that to JavaScript in a way. Like I'm not going to argue about the implementation. I've done it before. Let's just stipulate that it works and then it's okay. <laughs> okay. I still didn't want to do it. I felt it was wrong. And because I have a very, very large dependency on a third-party TypeScript library mm. from a certain vendor that Chris has made love to several times, mm. um, or interviewed with at least, Oh, it, it was uh, natural for me to take a look at TypeScript. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I've been suspecting, uh, you're not surprising me, actually. I, I've, I've seen, I've seen your ship pass the TypeScript moon a few times and think about docking. Yeah, I didn't dock this time. Oh! So I also have a dependency on MongoDB. And not Mongoose, the ORM, but the pure MongoDB driver for Node.js. Okay. Yes, Chris, I'm using Node.js. I've, I've, think, I've, yeah, I've grokked that. They, I've got, Chris, I've gone fucking native down <laughs> okay. here. I'm it's just keeping like, a list. I'm just keeping a list here. <laughs> deep in the jungles of Florida, I just like... I know. You know what? Joseph Conrad should write a book about me. It's all... I, I, you it's, keep it up. This might happen. It's it's all it's all just screwed up. <laughs> so I was using the require command quite a lot to mm. bring in uh, dependencies, as one might do in a Node.js application yep. after they're done drinking the blood of children. Wouldn't you know that TypeScript does have an easy way to do very very simple requires, but once you get beyond that, it's simply not possible. You have to write like a wrapper or some bullshit like that. Oh. So then, on one hand, I have that these kids need classical inheritance and in classes, classical OO. On the other hand, I have shit to do and launches in mm, four days. Oh my god! August first. Whoa, really? Yeah, it's August first. So I need or alpha launch rather is August first. So I need to get this done, and I can't write a bunch of like wrapper classes. I just need to get this done. Oh, and like several thousands of other lines of code already in regular JavaScript. But I need these base models for other people to work on. God damn it. I opened a W3C standards and I looked at the JavaScript class implementation. I cried the entire time. <laughs> You're reading several through your tears. Of owner were consumed. And then I wrote everything in ECMAScript classes. There you go. And you know what? They say it doesn't hurt if you don't let it. That's bullshit. It it hurt a lot, and I still don't know if it was the right choice, but it, it was the necessary choice. Mm. 
Because you know what? I don't give a shit what your bootcamp says. You don't know functional programming. <laughs> I, let me take it back. You don't know programming. And there's no way I'm letting you pass around raw objects in my code base that we're trying to license, right? Like, no way. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we make this compromise. Now, I've set up some rules. You may only use classes for these seven basic models in the entire application. Everything else is functional. That's it. Everything else is functional. Every class must be assigned to a database table in Mongo, meaning if it's not a table in one of our databases, it simply is not a class. It is not OO. This is a little BDSM. This is you know a little strict, but it is the, in my opinion, it is the only way to avoid. Uh, deep coupling. Now the chat room saying we're still passing around raw objects. That's actually true, but the problem is the way people develop things. Right? They might have a dependency on one class on another class. It's 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 a, it's a develop development time issue, not a compile time or a runtime issue. Hmm. Um, I still don't feel good about this, Chris. I. It's a simple implementation. I mean, it's not it's not overly complex. Oh no! And you can look at dominicm.com. I give a sample of basically what we're doing. It is a Sure, simple, very easy, very secure implementation. Yeah, yeah. But it's it is an abomination. It's like uh, kind of like if you know World of Warcraft, the old lawyer from two thousand four. You know, Gul'dan's drinking some demon blood because he's got to get a job done. Mm. Right? Like, yeah, he's, he's got to do it. Power through. Power through. So I have reluctantly embraced JavaScript classical inheritance. And uh, I'm still not happy about it. I'm proud of you, though. It's real pragmat. Is real pragmat is a pragmatist of you? I guess that's the right way to put it. Pragmatic. Pragmatic. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, it's real pragmatic. Well, of it you. is a little weird that TypeScript hasn't like found a better way to handle these complicated require. Because mm. in TypeScript, I have no issues because mm-hmm. there are a bunch of compile time checks mm-hmm. that say it's like Java, right? That say like, oh, you did this wrong. Um, but in JavaScript, it's like, yeah, whatever you say, buddy. It's just an object. Send it over. Well, it does. That clicks. That clicks. Yeah. I uh, I will uh, I will recommend people check out the link. There's also a link uh, to to Mike's blog. There's also a link at the bottom of the blog post. Something about a mad botter. Ooh, I mean, we're gonna have a very special show next week. I'm thinking that's gonna be a good show. Wait. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. With tons, tons of free stuff hmm. for those who follow the Mad Botter Inc. on Twitter. Hmm. And send it a message with hmm. a hashtag code array. Oh, really? You so get it? So send send. Is it at the Mad Botter? At the Mad Botter Inc. Inc. Some weird person still has at the Mad Botter. That son of a bitch. So I kind of want to do it though. I kind of want to. I want to try it. What happens? Okay. So trolling this guy. Yeah. So if I say if I say um, uh, at Mad Botter, it's not me. Okay. Ooh, that's at Taylor Swift. Hang on. <laughs> the Mad Botter. The and Mad Botter INC. Hey, I love hashtag Coda Radio. That bots. should work. And bot. Putting... All right, so I also put bot love in there. 
We'll see what happens. So I just tweeted really? that out. I just tweeted that out. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, anyways, check out Mike's link and also for a link to there and uh, uh, to the Mad Botter. That's I'm looking forward to next week too. Hey, Mister Dominic, let's mention DigitalOcean here briefly. Ooh, my favorite ocean. Yes, they, definitely DigitalOcean.com. Create an account and use our promo code CoderDigital when you sign up. So the so you go to DigitalOcean, you create your brand new shiny account. And then once it's created, apply Coder Digital. Then you'll get a $10 credit at DigitalOcean. Now, why do you want a $10 credit? Because it is a easy, straightforward way to spin up infrastructure on demand. They call it droplets, and you can get started in less than 55 seconds. SSDs for all the disks, a sweet, simple, well-documented API you can use in your own projects. Block storage you can attach to your rigs as you need it. Lightning-fast networking, like 40 gigabit E connections coming into their hypervisor. Team accounts if you need to work with multiple people. Multiple Linux distributions and free BSD to pick from. Get started with just a couple of clicks of a button or deploy an entire application stack. And you can collect metrics with their built-in monitoring and alerting. You can get alerts to make you look like a boss to stay on top of stuff. Load balancing as a service. A cloud-based firewall. And, that, and what that means is they actually block the traffic at their network level. I love their three cents an hour system. Three cents an hour. It works out to be about 20 bucks a month, two gigs of RAM, two CPUs, 40 gigabyte SSD, and three terabytes of transfer. But you can go as low as $5 a month. DigitalOcean.com. Go there. Use the promo code CoderDigital. Also, check out their community section. They have an introduction to Let's Encrypt up right now. And that's just useful for everybody. That's just useful for everybody. DigitalOcean.com. Try them out. Use our promo code CoderDigital to get a $10 credit. And then you can play around for free for two months with that $5 droplet. DigitalOcean.com. With data centers all over the world, super fast systems, SSDs for everything, and a UI that experts and total noobs will love. DigitalOcean.com. Use our promo code CODERDIGITAL. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio Program. Mike, uh, we may be witnessing the slow and somewhat pathetic death of boot camps. Not that we hate boot camps, but uh, we've not been very pro-boot camp on this show, have we? <laughs> Wait, guess, we don't hate boot camps? I guess it Hang has on. its place, but yeah, we kind of hate boot camps. Yeah, so anything that defrauds poor people into giving them tens of thousands of dollars is pretty much on my shit list. Yeah, yeah, that's how I see it, too. So here's the deal, boys. If you want to get into development and you don't know how to do it and you don't have any money, just get a job at a dev shop for well below market rates at like 10 or $15 an hour. Hey! And believe me, I will hire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Good I have point. done that many times. Yeah, that's a good I point. I do it. Yeah, you do not need to go to a boot camp because boot camps are basically a waste of money. I've hired plenty of people at a boot camps. Most of them don't work out because you know what? They don't have real world concerns. They teach all this crap that doesn't matter, and they 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 don't work. And I think that you know the next web put this great. Uh, I'm sorry, Hacker Education put yeah. this great article yeah. out. Yeah, they say within the past week, two well-known and well-established coding boot camps have announced that they're closing the door, their doors. Dev Boot Camp and the Iron Yard, which is uh, owned by the Apollo Education Group, which does a bunch of stuff. And the Apollo Education Group is actually owned by the University of Phoenix. That's interesting. Ah, uh, moral yeah. bankruptcy. Five. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It appears that they are simply uh, that there are simply more coding boot camps. There's almost a hundred across the U.S. and Canada. Then there are students looking to learn to code. Uh, and so, here's their yeah. problem, Mike, is they've run off this they've run off this theory that there's this there's this dramatic and massive skills gap. We've all heard the term skills gap. There aren't enough 
qualified programmers to fill the skills gap out there. And as such, folks are looking for work. So, And I've seen this in my personal life. Friends and family who've maybe been injured, maybe like in their 50s. Uh, sure, sure. And they've been in late 40s and they've been injured. And so then work pays to have them retrained. And guess what they have? Guess what, where they send them? Is this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's not an effect. So the I mean. skills gap says that there are 500,000 unfilled computing jobs. Huge gap. Huge skills gap. Uh, Code.org and other industry experts have been pimping this number for a while. So here's the funny thing about that 500,000 figure, that skills gap figure. Incidentally, just so you know, it comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it's a projection about the number of computing and IT jobs that will be added to the U.S. economy by 2024. Not the number of jobs that are available today. Currently available, right? But what will be needed and be filled by 2024. So all of these boot camps and, and Code.org and all these other organizations are going around saying, skills gap, 500,000 unqualified programmers. Well, it's the same folks looking for HB1 visas, yep. right? It's skills gap, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. And uh, well, Let me tell you a real-world story. Can go I, can for I it, do brother. That? Go for it, brother. So I got to Florida, and because I'm uh, totally okay psychologically, <laughs> the first thing I did was find a local bar. Yeah, of course, sure. Got to get the feel. And it's, you know, it's an older community down here. Oh, yeah, sure. As you might imagine. And one guy who retired young because he owned a bunch of farms and sold them has a son in high school. And his son's a little bit of a techie. And he heard about these coding boot camps he could send his kid to. And, you know, he said, that sounds like a scam. Mm -hmm. He said, how about, he's like, do you guys have internships over at Buccaneer? There you go. Well, actually, no, not in Florida, but the Mad Botter does. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he said, okay, why don't – he's like, can you interview my son? And look at that. High school kids can get jobs still, which, by the way, the New York Times reported that no one's hiring high school kids. Bullshit, I am. They can do QA. They can do testing. They can do all this kind of stuff and learn how an actual software shop works. Yeah, I'd hire in, I, if, if instead of spending yeah, ten grand yeah. on an eleventh grader. Well, that's and nonsense. Super valuable for the kids too because they learn a good skill. Uh, I mean, that's that's some, winning. Having someone annual testing for me yeah. at you know slightly above minimum wage makes it worth it. Otherwise, you know, we'd have to bill it, but we can eat this and just do it. And especially with this new product coming out, it, it's worth it. And it's one of these funny things that people keep saying that no one's hiring young people, but I'm constantly hiring young people. And I feel like the, what they really mean to say is no one's hiring young people at wages that they don't deserve, which I don't mean to be mean because I'm not that old. But like if you're in high school and you're making like 10 bucks an hour, you should be happy. I'm sorry. Is that Chris? You're you're a liberal. Is that wrong? A liberal. I, uh, I, uh, I, I refuse to be labeled. Don't you know that about me? Uh, but okay. I, I, I agree. Absolutely. I listen to one filter. Sure. I love I would uh, I would totally I'd totally be up for hiring a kid uh, that's smart and motivated to uh, help me out around the studio. In fact, I'm just waiting for my kids to get old enough to hire them. Dylan is old enough. Yeah, just about. He'd tell you he is. He already wants to do Reese's Minecraft. He's 15 show. months old, and I've already got him writing JavaScript. <laughs> so like we were saying earlier, two does not make a trend, but... Uh, you know, this this article does go on to talk more about the evidence around that skills gap. So if you are interested in that conversation and want to write into the show, maybe read the rest of the post because I didn't cover all of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would like to see these. I would like to see these not disappear, but I would like I to would. see some consolidation down to the ones that really work and sort of a thinning of the herd. Oh, no. Chapter 11 couldn't happen to better people.
Wow. Wow. Yikes. Yikes. Well, Mr. Dominic, uh, on that note, is there anything else we want to touch this week? Anything else we want uh, to chat? We want to throw a little shade on. <laughs> little haterade? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think we're good. Well, all I, things go well. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be like um, Donald Rumsfeld in a bikini. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, go check out the Mad Botter on the Twitters, Mad Botter Inc. Actually, go check out Mr. Dominic's post linked in the show notes. I'm back from Montana. I just did a uh, vlog about that. You can find that at JupiterBroadcasting.com/rover. Get our live times at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar and subscribe to our RSS feeds where you can get the show every single stinking week automatically without even having to think about it. And our show notes that I just mentioned, all those links are also at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us this week and be sure to rush on back over here next week for what is surely going to be just a delightful episode. Thanks for being here. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>